This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thank you for joining us on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. With about a third of the world's electronics being produced in China, there are major questions about their security. We'll focus on that in our next segment. But right now, a closely watched indicator of inflation is out today. Let's break down the numbers from the producer price index with the help of Bob Brusca, chief economist, fact and opinion economics based in New York. Bob, thank you for joining us today. The producer price index, uh, much like the CPI, came in above analysts' expectations, but uh, this one came in a little higher than what economists were predicting. Um, it's a difficult report. Uh, headline up by 0.7, the core up by 0.5%. Uh, yeah, this is worse than we were looking for, and you know, you're now looking at the three-month PPI up at a 3.1% annual rate. You've got the, the, the core uh, a nearly a 5% rate, 4.7%. So this is not what uh, you know, people were hoping to see as inflation began to erode in the earlier months. But you know, we had cautioned that when inflation was up to 9%, you're going to have some periods where inflation is going to come down from that level. But it doesn't mean it's going to keep going all the way down to 2%. And I think this gives you a better sense of reality and that inflation progress is somewhat underway. But the progress may not be what we need, and the Fed probably almost certainly has more work to do. And is this going to uh, change the Fed's strategy as far as uh, uh, further interest rate hikes are concerned, possibly uh, going from a 25 basis point or a quarter of a point increase to perhaps a half point increase at the January meeting? Well, they could step up their pace. I frankly don't think they're going to do it. Uh, I think what this is going to do is uh, get the people on the committee who were relying on prayer to realize they have to go back to policy. And then let's talk about this uh, Philadelphia Fed manufacturing uh, index number uh, going to a negative 24.3, which was below the uh, minus 7.8 estimate that economists had. Uh, that is a recessionary figure. Is that a canary in the coal mine or is this the law of averages? Well, no, the, uh, the, the Philadelphia index has been really giving off what I regard as, inflate, as recession signals for some time now. Uh, you know, you've got a negative uh, headline for the report. You've got negative readings for the future index. When you get negative readings for both of them, it's a pretty reliable indicating, indication that, infl that the recession is going to be here at some point. Uh, you have a lot of weakness across the board. And, you know, we had uh, trimmed weakness from the Empire State report, but now we've got much more impactful weakness in the Philadelphia index, which has you know, a much longer history than that New York report. Uh, this is just simply not good news for the economy. And, you know, as we go through these numbers, it's just one thing after another. Um, the, the trends are still pointing lower. We had a good uh, you know, consumer spending report yesterday, but the trends there are still lower. So 
uh, don't be too distracted from this. The trends are still not good. The inflation is stubborn, and uh, the economy is in trouble here. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Facted Opinion Economics, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up on this Technology Thursday, how to avoid being spied on by your own tech devices. The noon business hour continues. There are some concerns about technology produced in China and how it could be security compromised. Let's get the perspective of Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout and host of the podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin. Adam, thanks for joining us today. Before we talk about the specifics of uh, technology, there was a very interesting observation uh, somebody had made a couple of years ago just about the technology that we are bringing into our homes, smart devices, smart speakers, that in the end, it's a lot of cameras and a lot of microphones in your bedroom, in your family room, and they could be eventually turned against you. Uh, How much of this is paranoia? How much of this is a valid concern? Well, we certainly know that Despite what people say about China, for instance, being a surveillance society, we have in this country a surveillance economy. If you think about the billions of Internet of Things devices, much of which you just referred to, they're they're in there. They're listening. You ever, ever noticed you had a conversation and all of a sudden an ad shows up about something that up until that day you've never talked about? So, you know, we have the whole issue that our folks are listening to us as well. Add in the fact that, uh, you know, foreign powers uh, may be doing it uh, to us. It just, you know, ups the concern because you're talking about billions upon billions of Internet of Things devices. If you think about it, it's everything we do, every place we go, they all have it. A hospital is one big Internet of Things device. And, and there, and obviously, the the, the notion of uh, securing your information from a potentially hostile foreign power has really come to the forefront because of the uh, uh, issues involving uh, Chinese ownership of uh, TikTok's parent company, a number of states uh, kicking the service off of state-owned devices, passing legislation to do that. So if, if you are concerned about uh, someone spying on you through your television or your Alexa device or some other uh, smart speaker. What are some things you can do uh, to, uh, to to protect your data, protect your personal information outside of going inside the pod bay like in the movie 2001? <laughs> well, you know, the first thing you do is when you get any Internet of Things device, anything that that connects to the Internet that's part of your world, You've got to look in the manual and you've got to immediately change the password to something long, strong, exotic that's yours as opposed to the manufacturer produced password, the default password. Uh, that, that will help you. Uh, also, making sure the password on your router is unique to you is an important thing as well. Uh, we have to also go under the premise that there's an astronomical amount of information out there about us already. And that without question, China, for example, is a country that that would be having a great deal of it. I mean, you had the breach of the Office of Personal Management, millions of files, Anthem Health Insurer, millions of files, airlines, hotels, Equifax, China, millions and millions of files. So companies and consumers have to operate on two theories. One, there's an enormous amount of information out there about us. But two, how do we make that information not of use to the people that may have it? And that really is what we talk about when we say the three M's. 
in addition to the fact that the, the government is passing the CHIPS Act to move chip production back to this country and that companies are moving away from China-only supply chain situations and that the FBI is investigating 2,000 incidents, one every 12 hours, and they're now in the process of doing what they call rip and replace, which is anywhere there are cell towers that are using Chinese equipment, uh, they're thinking about the possibility of removing it. But long and strong exotic passwords, two-factor authentication, being very careful before you click on a link, disabling, and you can, microphones uh, that come with these smart devices, uh, not downloading apps because they think they look really cool, creating security uh, passwords that are uh, unique to you and not factual, freezing credit, shredding, companies training their people, having a culture of privacy and security, password protocol, but devices that are strictly business and then monitoring to make sure that nothing looks out of place and having a plan to manage the damage, both for businesses and consumers. Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout, thank you for the information this afternoon. Coming up next, new retail life coming to Chicago's Mag Mile. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A new retail tenant is coming to Chicago's North Michigan Avenue Shopping District. Let's update activity on the Mag Mile with Albie Galoon, senior reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Albie, thanks for joining us today. And this is a nice about face from the recent trend of discussing businesses that were leaving North Michigan Avenue. Yeah, hi, Rob. Yeah, it's good news. And uh, Michigan Avenue could use some good news. Uh, over the last few years, um, they, they've lost a lot of tenants there, and the vacancy rate has jumped up to 28.5%, and that's nearly double the level before COVID-19 arrived. So Michigan Avenue is really struggling, and you know, this is a lease. This is uh, Aloe Yoga. They sell yoga wear and athleisure. And um, they're opening a store at 717 North Michigan. It's not a big one. It's uh, probably about 8,000 square feet. So that doesn't really move the needle in terms of the vacancy rate on the Mag Mile. But I think it's an important psychological boost. So, uh, you know, you got to you got to take it as good news. You got to take what you can get on the Mag Mile these days. And where is uh, Aloe Yoga going? What what did that building? What did that particular uh, space used to be? Do you recall? Well, it's um, if you remember the Disney store, which closed uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's in that building, and this is a building. It's about sixty-two thousand square feet. It was completely empty after the Disney store closed. And uh, last year they signed It's Sugar, which is a candy chain, to a short-term lease. So they're in there. And so It's it Sugar's there, and then soon Aloe will be there. But they've still got some space to fill out. It's like that, that's the, 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 the two uh, stages of personal development right there. Uh, you can go work out or you can go uh, gorge yourself on candy. So I don't know if that's the way it worked out that way, but uh, it's a nice uh, juxtaposition of the two products. And, of course, uh, Aloe Yoga uh, hitting a, a market that continues to expand. I think it was probably supercharged by the pandemic, and that is uh, the uh, athlete. Leisure uh, genre of products that uh, you you may be going to the yoga store, but uh, you're you're just doing it for the pants and not for the lifestyle. Right. Well, and it's interesting because Aloe also, um, you know, they sell apparel, 
and the and and yoga gear and they also have um an online video training um they have an app if you want to do yoga online uh, by video or, or any kind of fitness or meditation so that's another way that they can market their products you know they're in the same category as lululemon uh athleta um and actually those those firms do not have stores right on michigan avenue um, so this will be the first one that's actually had that actually has a storefront on the Magnificent Mile. Albie Galoon, senior reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Thank you for joining us this afternoon to talk about the new tenant, the new retail tenant on the Magnificent Mile. Still ahead in this Technology Thursday, the potential role of artificial intelligence in investing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. More details emerge from a Georgia grand jury probing possible election interference by former President Trump and his backers. The latest coming up in a CBS News special report in Technology Thursday will explore how artificial intelligence can be used by investors. Also on the tech beat, using virtual reality as a tool to speed up job training. Accua, uh, the uh, markets are lower right now in WBBM business. The Dow is down 175 points. The NASDAQ is down 82. S&P 500 is down 24. We have 34 degrees right now in Chicago with some snow. It's 1231. CBS News special report. A special grand jury has released a partial report on its investigation into efforts by former President Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia. It found no election fraud, but says one or more witnesses did commit perjury. Legal analyst Lori Levinson. In their investigation, they looked into Trump's claims that there had been widespread fraud and said, no, that did not exist. But what does exist are people who are willing to go into that grand jury and lie under oath. The jury's urging prosecutors to press charges. CBS's Robert Costa is in Atlanta and says this report could now hurt Trump's run for the White House. For Trump, that presents yet another vaccine issue for him as he continues to move forward politically. Will he continue to falsely claim the 2020 election was stolen or not? His allies say he likely will, but the facts continue to go against that claim. CBS News special report. I'm Monica Ricks. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading lower today. We're joined by Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thank you for joining us once again today. Before we talk about the producer price index, which once again uh, came in uh, higher than economists' expectations, much like the CPI earlier in the week, uh, we'll talk about the inflation in a couple of minutes. But this uh, reading from the Philly Fed, uh, which is uh, def- which was way below economists' expectations, certainly a recessionary number. Um, an observation or maybe a thought that I had, and that is a lot of uh, businesses were 
kind of reorienting their plan for 2023 to get out ahead of an impending recession that seemed a lot closer than the numbers suggest. So is this a reflection of that defensive posture on the part of manufacturers? I think yes. And look, what this is, the Philly Fed report is basically a business outlook survey, uh, which questions these manufacturers on their business conditions. And they're pretty smart people. They, they're there on the ground. They know what's going on. So, yeah, they're seeing some things that they're worried about. And the numbers are just, you know, they're sticking out like a, a big sore thumb and really need to be watched. I'm always a big believer Go, you know, talk to the people that are actually involved. When I do my little surveys, I go to restaurants, I go to malls, I go, I talk to people like that. So, yeah, this matters. But as I said earlier, it's conflicting with a lot of things right now. The job market, you would expect that to have been uh, worsening, and it has not. GDP still pretty good. So, again, a lot of confliction, but a lot of worries going forward. And then when we take a look at the uh, producer price index number, which was uh, uh, hotter than uh, what economists had been expecting, both on a a year-over-year basis, a month-over-month basis, and a core PPI basis, does this mean that we're going to see elevated numbers in the next CPI report because this has to be passed along to you, the consumer? It's exactly what it is. Uh, If they have to pay up to produce, you're going to pay up to buy and that means we're talking about sticky inflation. Uh, and if it reaccelerates, the uh, bond market's going to have to account for it. And what does the bond market do? It sells off, and those interest rates go higher, which means your mortgage payments, uh, new mortgages go up, especially if you have adjustable auto um, payments will go up, credit card payments will go up. And in a very, what I consider to be still a fragile economy, not so sure that's great news. So big time to watch. And then uh, when it comes to uh, the, the, the decision the Fed has to make uh, based on uh, these numbers that are coming out today, um, which one will speak louder when they convene at their next meeting? Uh, I think that their trajectory right now is to be tough, uh, the opposite of what they used to be. Uh, you know what I think. I believe they're a big cause of this by printing up to $9 trillion, creating massive bubbles and overvaluation. Uh, uh, and they have a job to do, and that's take it back the other way. And unfortunately, that means raising rates on their end, which is the Fed funds rate. The uh, uh, the that's between banks, but re- but does matter to a certain extent. But I always say, just watch the real market. And as I said earlier, if the ten-year yield jumps back above four percent, uh, that is not going to be good news because housing, which has been trying to do better. That's going to get hurt again, uh, and the housing uh, business is a big part of the economy. Gary Kulpbaum, President, Kulpbaum Capital Management, based in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, employing artificial intelligence when investing. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The use of artificial intelligence is exploding, and it's now making its way into the world of investing. 
investing. Let's talk about some of the possibilities from Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Now, we talk about uh, the use of artificial intelligence entering the world of investing, but it's been uh, playing around on the edges of investing for quite some time, especially when it comes to stock trading, that uh, most of the trades you see executed today are done so by a computer program operating off an algorithm. That's right. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, you, you hint at, which is very important to take into account, is that there are many, many different kinds of uh, ways in which you can use a computer, and at least there's a way in which you can call all of it artificial intelligence. But of course, uh, it, it varies a lot from computer to computer. So it's very, very hard to generalize. Now, the AI has become all the rage just because uh, chat GPT is uh, so easy to use, and a lot of people have been uh, throwing at uh, question prompts uh, just for fun. But are, what are some ways in which a chat GPT-style uh, artificial intelligence application uh, could be used by investors to make them smarter? Well, unfortunately, as your resident contrarian, I'm going to actually say I'm not sure there is such a way. I think the the hype has gotten way beyond how it can be used by an individual investor. I wrote a column this week in which I interviewed several people who've spent their careers investigating and analyzing artificial intelligence. And they say that the way that it will probably help investors beat the market over time will be by executing many, many individual trades that last for perhaps a second or two. That's what you were mentioning earlier in the explosion of trading on Wall Street that uh, is this high-frequency trading. And, of course, you or I would be unable to actually do that. You need a very, very high-speed computer connection right to the floor of the exchange, the ability to trade at uh, at virtually no commissions and that sort of thing. If this is not the sort of trading – excuse me, this is not the sort of strategy where you can – Ask Chat GPT, say, is the market going to be up or down this year? That uh, that just is not going to be uh, something that's realistically expected. I tried asking that question earlier this week, and its answer was, well, it's very difficult to uh, predict the market, and uh, there's no guarantee that the future performance will match the past, which is incredibly sensible but not exactly up to the hype that we're all expecting. As you say, that uh, the chat GPT has been signed to a $100,000 deal as a financial pundit on cable TV, uh, based on that answer alone. <laughs> say no more, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing about uh, artificial intelligence, the fact that everyone's talking about it right now, is the potential for bubbles. And that is uh, people will shovel all their money into AI companies just because they're calling themselves AI companies, and, and that's a red flag. Absolutely. And in fact, I reported on a uh, an academic study. A couple of professors went and looked at what happened to the valuation of stocks that were owned by mutual funds or ETFs that had AI in the name. And it turns out those stocks traded at significantly higher valuations just by using that name. It's very reminiscent of what we saw in the late 90s in the lead up to the uh, the top of the internet bubble, companies were changing their name just to have .com in the name, and their prices were shooting way up. And, of course, we all know what happened after that. 
Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Thanks for your perspective this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, using virtual reality to train mechanics and other workers. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Technology Thursday continues, and we're exploring the use of virtual reality in job training. We welcome in Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer of Bundle. AR in Chicago. Matt, thank you for joining us today. In some ways, the use of virtual reality or augmented reality in job training is a new spin on a time-honored practice. I mean, we all saw that scene in the movie Apollo 13, where the astronauts were uh, in the simulator before they actually went into space. Uh, If you learn to become a pilot, you spend some time in a simulator that's jacked up on hydraulic legs uh, before you actually go inside a cockpit. But now now it seems this practice is being expanded to uh, other industries and disciplines. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back, Rob. Um, I mean, virtual reality and augmented reality training, when you think about it, almost any training on any industry, when you have to deal with, you know, like heavy equipment or large equipment, so an airplane, an automobile, any sort of equipment, you're going to run into a problem of either you need to transport the people to the equipment or the equipment to the people. And if you want to scale that type of training out, AR and VR is a great solution because it it reduces the cost. It makes it more efficient. You don't have to purchase the uh, car for mechanics to work on. You don't have to uh, set a building on fire to train firefighters. You can just have them uh, fight fires in the simulator instead. Exactly. And and actually, you bring up a great point with that with firefighters. You know, it's some of the training, especially when you're talking about anything where it's dangerous training, it, it's, there's only so much danger you can actually physically put a person in to teach them what it's like to react to a dangerous situation. But in VR, you know, that's something that you can repeat over and over and over without actually having to worry about putting somebody in actual physical danger. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a great choice. That's a great solution. And then, and what is the price point as far as businesses are concerned or uh, uh, technical schools or training academies? Is it cheaper now to get a more immersive VR setup compared to uh, several years or several decades ago? Absolutely. So, you know, when you're talking, you know, I want to separate a little bit VR and AR. So virtual reality, is it's nowadays with like the Oculus Quest and even the Quest Pro, you're talking you know, $300 at the entry level, about $2,500 at the expensive level to get a VR headset, a single VR headset. Um, and when you start to think about, okay, well, that's, that's the cost of that headset, and then there's the actual cost of the creating of the training. But when you, you basically measure that against the cost of actual physical equipment, and then at, over time, lots of classes, transporting equipment, transporting people. So when you're talking about a training center, VR can be a great solution. When you're talking about taking that same type of training and getting it outside of the of the actual training center, being able to scale it to people where they are in their home, even you can use augmented reality. So Bundle AR, for example, we work with an automotive company, uh, automotive training company called uh, Repairify, and they do augmented reality-based training on you know automotive mechanics. Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer with Bundle AR based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.